It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Reno. Yep, welcome in Reno. We're hanging out here at Circle Las Vegas. Hello to everyone up there in Sparks at Legends Bay. Good big four at four on the way. We got the Knights dropping the puck here in just a couple minutes in Boston. A lot of NBA, NHL, and college basketball on the uh, the biggest screen up here at Stadium Swim. We got Nebraska and Ohio State. I know you don't have time later, but uh, very intense rivalry between you and I with Michigan and Rutgers, both having wonderful yeah. men's basketball seasons. So that should be super serious stuff. Back in the Finley Toyota Studios, it is Damon and Mateos helping us with the setup out here at Circus Swim. Let's get to it. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at Four. Number four. Well, I mentioned college basketball, and you know college basketball is becoming the focal point for casuals when you see a lot more content and reaction up on social media. And it started to blow up, pun intended, a couple weeks ago, and now it's getting a lot more attention today. You know, Indiana State has a, um, I don't know, what do you want to call them? Is he like a white tractor trailer, white Oliver Miller? Uh, Robbie Avila is a big fella. He he's a real, he's a he's a big fella. I'm, I don't know what his weight's listed at. I would guess, uh, uh, well, whatever. It's probably not accurate. I think it's like 265, so it's not he's too, like he's, 340. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say he's over 300 pounds. But actually a really skilled guy. Uh, can shoot from deep. Great passer. Uh, game against Evansville recently at 35 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Baby Jokic. He is being called Baby Jokic. Um, but he also does have one of the greatest nicknames in basketball history. Well, the, the guy Matt Jones who fills in on ESPN Radio National, that's what Kentucky Sports Radio, wants him to be called. Cream Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Cream, C-R-E-A-M. Cream Abdul-Jabbar. Come on. I read it and I thought, um, that's that's kind of unoriginal. But hearing Adam say it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it did work, right? Fantastic. It did work. Uh, Indiana State did get ranked for one week, but it, as soon as it got ranked, it lost. So yeah, this could be home this, with a 17-point favorite. This is the kind of guy, if they make the tournament, he will be one of the of darlings of the tournament of because, course. you know, he's an oddity. At, there aren't – there really aren't – I mean, there's no guards who are chubby like there used to be. Like, if you go way back, you know, like a John Bagley or at UConn. Khalid El-Amin. Khalid El-Amin, one of my favorites because, uh, you know, for the, the shorter, stout guys, I'll be nice. You're like, oh, that's my idol. I like sure. that guy. He's, sure. he's playing at, you know, 230 at 5'11". That's a favorite. But uh, the bowling ball. there's a lot more big fellas who, who have some extra beef on them. Uh, hell, look at what Rob Whaley's done and Keyshawn Hall, right? Both guys at UNLV recruited and both were well over 300 pounds still, uh, at I one st- point in their either JUCO or high school career. I still, I still can't get over Rob Whaley, I think, last week or two weeks ago. I think with you saying, I just need to be more aggressive around the rim. I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> just attack, attack, attack all the time. Uh, uh, that, was, that was tremendous. Yeah, number three. Number three. So this mascot, I uh, actually saw this because, uh, you know, we like to uh, cross road with the morning show. Saw this up on Twitter. Someone sending uh, Bischoff a mascot from the Danville team. And I, I don't know what league this is. But they've come up with a mascot for a team called the Danville Dairy Daddies. The mascot is named Mick. Creamy, and yeah. let me tell you, he's wearing jeans, 
He's jacked up. He's shirtless. And there's a look in his eye like he is absolutely DTF. It's Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yep. This is a great mascot. Well, I mean, he's got the giant double D belt buckle, too. Oh, I didn't see that. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. He's and, a solid mascot. And most important, just a ripped cow. He's he's yoked, and he wants he wants he wants everything he can get. Uh, the, the bat looks like a toothpick in his hand. Yeah. And by your mascot rules, properly attired. Yeah, I mean, my big thing is if you're if you're wearing a shirt, you have to wear pants. Yep. I'm cool if you have no clothes, but if you have a shirt, wear pants. Because your big problem is with which mascot? There's a lot of them, but Clark the Cub was a big. Yeah. A big problem. Bottomless. It's very problematic. He had a jersey, but no pants. This guy, he's got pants, <laughs> no shirt. I mean, I feel like... Did you just look at Clark the Cub? <laughs> so creepy. Did you just see it? Come on. No, so I'm just creepy. laughing at the absurdity of Adam's rules for mascots. Oh, it's, oh, it's been a long-running thing. He gets so worked up. I don't care if you have no clothes. That's fine. You're a mascot. You don't need clothes. But why on earth are you wearing a shirt if you're not wearing pants, man? If we're acknowledging that clothes Guilty. exist... In your mascot world, we're acknowledging clothes exist. So wear pants. And this guy, he's got the pants. He's got no shirt, which, I mean, it's a, it's a douchey move. But, you know, be you, I guess. If you got it, flaunt it. I'd like to hear uh, that Jesse Waters guy was all concerned about men licking ice cream cones. He must be actually saw really, a, he must be really worked I, up I, about uh, McCreamy, the Danville Dairy Daddy's mascot. I actually saw a good he's, blog post. He's thinking of something. saw a good blog post today that... Uh, Biden is running out of things he's allowed to eat. <laughs> he's going to wither, wither away and die. Can can't eat soup in public. Can't lick ice cream cones in public. A lot of rules out there. A lot of rules. Yeah. Number two. Number two. All right. Well, speaking of McCreamy, uh, let's get to the tush push. What? In the NFL. McCreamy could probably be a good offensive guard. He could run it. Get, there, get in behind him. Uh, headline, NFL sends clear message about the future of the tush push play. The message is uh, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, NFL Executive VP of Football Operations, Troy Vincent, short quote, said, don't punish a team that strategically does it well. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Well, it's also, I, I do think they wanted to address it, and I think Roger Goodell wanted to address it and find a way to. But what exactly, I, I the people that don't want it, what is your rule proposal? What, what do you want to propose as a rule? I haven't heard anybody have a good one. Well, you can't line up two guys directly behind the guards. I guess that would be the way to kind of address it if, if you talk about formation. But for the most part, without fundamentally changing the rules of football, there's not a whole lot you can do about this play. Now, on the positive side, for people that aren't Eagles fans, it looks like Jason Kelsey might retire. That will take care of it right there. But... You think most of it hinges on the center being like next yeah. level all timer? Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of teams tried it last year and they, they weren't great. Like I'd rather there's other ways I'd rather see you try to pick up a yard if you're not the Eagles, because other teams did not have the same amount of success rate. Come on, you want this outlawed? No, there's nothing wrong with it. And as Adam just mentioned, Jason Kelsey was the key to making it work. But when it comes to things that you can't stop, that's on you to be better. And also, I think it was a little overblown last season when people say, the injury risk on this play. You would have thought that players were getting up mangled <laughs> after yes. every attempt of the tush push, the way defensive players were talking about how unfair it was. Not every team can do it. The Eagles were better at it. 
but that's not gonna last forever. So what are we complaining about? Move on, be better. Four o'clock hour is presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766-1400 is the number. You got it L775 in the north in the Reno Sparks area and offices are not only there, but Vegas, downtown Vegas, and in Henderson. Number one. Number one. We really have no ear for what will light people up. Damon, I think Damon, were you on uh, on the interview with Michael Lombardi at the Super Bowl? No, but I'm I have it in my keys right now. I'm looking at it. 206, Mike Lombardi. Yeah, so Michael Lombardi was with us, former member of the Raiders organization. His son just finished a stint working for the Raiders organization, obviously better known for the Patriots and uh, run with the Browns. He's now on VEASAN. Um, he said this to us six weeks ago. We we didn't put it out, and then it's blown up the last couple of days, uh, talking about the Raider way and that Antonio Pierce may not know what the Raider way is. Look, I hear Antonio Pierce talk a lot about the Raider way, right? And, you know, he grew up in Compton, and I'm not sure that qualifies you to know what the Raider way is. I spent 10 years without Davis. I know what the Raider way is. I'm not sure he and I are on the same page on what the Raider way is because the Raider way is built on philosophy. It's built on personnel. It's not built on taking guys from other places. It's not built on, oh, we're just going to do what everybody else doesn't want to do. It's built strategically. And this is a man who studied uh, – football this is a man who understood the game from a strategy strategy standpoint to a tactical standpoint to a team building standpoint you know he idolized Dewar Weiss the former general manager of the New York Yankees this team's built on size and speed the Raider way is about size speed and toughness it's not about cliches and he can keep preaching it but he's going to have to develop that all right Adam what's your reaction to that I don't have to ask you why Raider Nation got so mad because they've now very much embraced Antonio Pierce. I think anyone coming at Antonio Pierce is going to get it from the fan base. Yeah, I mean, I get what uh, Michael Lombardi is saying. I think part of the Raider way is individual individuality. I think that's the part that he's kind of leaving out. And individuality is what Antonio Pierce has has basically stated from the beginning is what he believes the Raider way is all about. And so I think it is, you know, as Lombardi said, hey, we have a fundamental misunderstanding of what that is or difference of opinion of what that means but I, I don't think that's true I think it's just you know in his mind it's the old way Antonio Pierce's mind it's individuality either the old way or the new way that I have um, so that, that is a, it is a difference of opinion but I, I definitely see where Antonio Pierce's Raider way comes from. Damon? This is classic old guy being too literal where he's saying, I knew Al Davis. I was back there. I, back in the day, I really know what Al Davis meant by the Raider way. But you have Antonio Pierce as a guy who grew up a fan of those teams and is more taking that attitude and persona that he grew up loving in those players. It's, it's a nothing burger, but for Michael Lombardi, it's, dude, take it easy. You knew Al Davis. You know Bill Belichick. He wrote the forward for your book. Okay, you were around these greats of the game. We get it. Back off. What do you think about the uh, the comment about he grew up in Compton? That doesn't mean he knows the Raider way. It's trying to poo-poo Antonio Pierce for no reason. Like I said, it's the old guy. Like I knew, I don't know what being from Compton means, and I know I saw some people take take it in a in a racial way. I'm not even taking it there. For me, it's just this guy's just being a grade A hater because it's when people have want to have that proximity to greatness of you think you know, but you don't really know because I was there. Adam, any reaction that you've heard whispers out of the Raiders organization on 
this going viral now, which is again is funny because we we talked to him on well, it's, February six, but saying that the head coach, the leader of the organization, doesn't know the Raider way. Well, it's also you know to be clear, he went like direct at Pierce now on his on his podcast saying, "Hey, shut up!" Literally the words "shut up," which a little much for sure. And and I know when uh, Tom Telesco was asked about it yesterday, he kind of you know went out and said, and I think that's why. A lot of people started to pick up on, wait, what exactly did he say? Tom Telesco was like, look, I'm not going to do that. Like, somebody has to talk. I'm boring as hell. Like, this works for me. All the attention's going to be on him. All the focus is going to be on him. And he can, he loves it and he can take it. And I don't have to. And so I think that's part of the, the yin and yang that Telesco's going with. Um, so, but, I, I mean, I feel like it works, right? I mean, just because – and I, I saw a lot of other people say, hey, look, that doesn't work with Telesco. He's so reserved. He doesn't want to talk to the media. No, it does. It, it, it doesn't have to be both being the same way. You don't have to operate the same way everyone in the building. You can have one person be the mouthpiece. And by the way, now most people are going to leave Tom Telesco alone. Like, hey, Pierce is going to say whatever whatever he wants. That's the guy to talk to. And so I think that works well for them as a, as a pair. Busy weekend here at Circle Las Vegas inside at the Overhang Bar. VGK official viewing party with ESPN Las Vegas is uh, – Lindsey Brown and JVT will be on the scene. Make sure you wear your VGK gear. You can party with your fellow fans and Vegas Vivas and Chance and the Drumline are going to be out here. Again, it's Circle Las Vegas official VGK viewing party. Four o'clock on Saturday is when it goes down. Look, I hear Antonio Pierce talk a lot about the Raider way, right? And, you know, he grew up in Compton, and I'm not sure that qualifies you to know what the Raider way is. I spent 10 years with Al Davis. I know what the Raider way is. I'm not sure he and I are on the same page on what the Raider way is because the Raider way is built on philosophy. It's built on personnel. It's not built on taking guys from other places. If the Raider way is about size, speed, and toughness. It's not about cliches. And he can keep preaching it, but he's going to have to develop that. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from Stadium Swim. At Circa Las Vegas. All right, Michael Lombardi. That was actually audio from our show during Super Bowl week, and then uh, that blew up. Not our audio, but his. Uh, that's his podcast that he was saying it on, right? Yeah. He repeated it, but he also took it further. And did he say what about Antonio Pierce? It's either keep your mouth shut or shut up. One of, one oh, of wow. those. One of those two. All right. Not like told him to stop doing podcast. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Oh, he told Antonio Pierce to stop doing podcast. Yeah, yeah. Really? And not not like a, hey, shut up, like in your face, but yeah. more like, hey, your coach, keep your mouth shut, go to your job. Oh, wow. Stanford Rout is with us, a former Raider. Stanford, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good, fellas. How you doing, man? Uh, we're good. We got some infighting here in the, uh, the Raider Nation and uh, Raider lore. So I'm sure you heard the comments of Lombardi coming back. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we know everybody has their opinion in today's age of, of this media, social media type of uh, generation. I think that, you know, whenever you're the hate, whenever you're the HC, whenever you're the head guy, there are some acts of diplomacy that people expect you to have. But the one thing that you got to know about AP is that he's authentic. He's going to be himself, and that's one of the reasons why Mark Davis, along with all of the Raiders players, gravitated to him because he's authentic. I think, I mean, I I love it, and I think it sounds like you love it as a former player, and the players definitely love it. Is this the kind of thing that, do you have to think in your mind what happens when things aren't going well, and now I look a little different, or I have to act a little different, or do you even plan that, do you even plan that possibility of failure in your mind 
or do you say, hey, we're going to keep being successful and I'm going to keep talking? Well, you know, I can go ahead and equate that to the mindset of a game manager versus a, a gunslinger when it comes to the quarterback position. And everything that you just said, I get it. You know, you're thinking about you want to be cerebral in the thought of, okay, whenever we start losing, people are going to start coming for me, and they're going to remind me of the things that I've said. I understand that completely. But for a gunslinger type of mindset, you're not even worried about losing. You're not worried about faltering because your mind won't let you go there to that negative place because you're completely thinking positive. And I think for an Antonio Pierce, I think he knows that if the Raiders get off to a slow start – Yes, his words are going to come back to bite him. I don't think he's even thinking about the possibility of them coming out with a slow start because he has that much optimism and that much confidence in this team. Let's let's look at one a little bit more specifically. Uh, are you concerned at all about poking the bear with the Chiefs because he's basically just standing out there and slinging arrows? And look, I love it. Again, it's it's great for us. It's great for content. It's great for Raiders fans. I know they love it. But do you really want to do that against the Chiefs? Well, for one, yes, he was poking the bear. <laughs> now, the big, now, the biggest premise about that is most people would equate Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady to the number one and or number two best quarterbacks of all time. What is the one thing that Antonio Pierce has that nobody else can say? Antonio Pierce took down the 18-0 New England Patriots in the Super Bowl back in the 2007 season. The last loss of this past season for Pat Mahomes was to who? The Antonio Pierce-led Las Vegas Raiders. So maybe Antonio Pierce knows a thing or two about poking the bear. We all remember way back before that Super Bowl in 2007. You remember what Paxco Burris said? He was predicting the final score was going to be, I think, 17-14 or something like that, that the Patriots, the all-time scoringest team in NFL history, was only going to score two touchdowns. Tom Brady heard that, and then he's like, okay, I mean, if that's what they say. So clearly they backed up what they were saying. What they were saying. So I think for Antonio Pierce, he has a certain level of confidence that he's not wavering on. Like what the kids say right in today's, in today's day, stand on business. <laughs> Antonio Pierce is standing on business. Uh, he also, in regards to the Chiefs, was talking about uh, being physical with Pat Mahomes, and we know that's their plan, that's what they want to do, and uh, we saw that in practice with Max Crosby going after him, but it sounds like there's some whispers from the Chiefs to the league saying, hey, you better make sure that this, these are, these guys aren't hitting us after the, after the whistle. Do you want that in the referees' heads when they play again? No, you don't want that in the minds of the referees, so I mean, there definitely is a takeaway that someone can use from Antonio Pierce's words going forward on somebody trying to to try to blow it up into some version of of Bounty Gate, some version of something like that with the New Orleans Saints back in the 2009 season. I don't think that that's any stretch of the imagination what Antonio Pierce was alluding to. But when you look, the last Super Bowl that the Chiefs lost was to who? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What did they do all game long? They hit Pat Mahomes. They knocked him to the ground. Whenever the Chiefs lose, you're going to have to put pressure on him to beat, to, to win the game. So Antonio Pierce is not saying anything that's never before been discovered. He's not reinventing the wheel. He's just simply putting it out there. And like I said before, he's standing on business. And he's not afraid to stand on it. And now he's putting his players on notice that, hey, we've already 
We've already shown a bit of the blueprint to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Does it mean we're better than the Chiefs? No, it does not mean that. They're Super Bowl champions for a reason. But we're showing, you know what, they are human. They can be beat. Stanford Rout joining us, former Raider, and uh, great insights on a lot of things going on with the team and around the league. You mentioned Tom Brady a couple times. He got out there and ran the 40. When are we going to see you out there running the 40, trying to bake your combine time? <laughs> You're not going to see me running the 40 ever again in life. <laughs> I ran 427 at the combine back in 2005, and those days are over with. I still work out. I still run about 12 miles a week, keeping myself in good shape. But as far as me getting out there, running some 40, hey, no, no, no. Hey, guys, find somebody else because uh, that's, that's definitely not my lane anymore, per se. Again, we're talking to Stanford Route, former Oakland Raider defensive back. Stanford, I've got to ask about the NFLPA with the survey that they just released. When it comes to maybe an owner getting a bad grade or the team facilities, do you think that the shame factor is going to help improve some of the conditions for players in different organizations? I would say one answer, no, because <laughs> owners are not millionaires. They're billionaires. Billionaires don't give a bleep what you think. <laughs> because if they draft you, you're going to come to their team. If they offer you a big free agent contract that's more than everybody else is offering, you're going to sign with their team. And guess what? The fans that are in that city are still going to come to that stadium. So it really don't matter. It don't mean a hell of beans. For owners, yeah, obviously that's not something that you want to have happen. But look at, look, look, look at Art Rooney for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got like an F-minus or something like that, and – the Steelers are one of the most uh, the most well-run organizations in history. So I think that uh, obviously that, that report or just the surveying of it was a bit skewed just because, you know, I don't really exactly know what the criteria is. Uh, I remember my days for the Oakland Raiders. Yes, the facilities weren't great, but also at the same time, I remember a brief time being with the Kansas City Chiefs. I know what their facilities look like, and uh, they're two-time champions. So clearly the facilities and the owner and things like that and getting a bad grade, that does not mean anything on Sunday afternoons, as you can clearly see. You didn't like that rickety old building in Alameda with the falling apart locker room? No, I did not like it. Obviously, <laughs> I was employed there for seven years, seven glorious years. But if you're asking me, did I love the facilities? No, I didn't. But at the time, because that's who drafted me, that's all I knew. I didn't know anything else until I went to Kansas City, until I went to the Houston Texans. So those first seven years, me being out there in Alameda for the Oakland Raiders, I didn't know anything else because that's what I was born into. Stafford Route with us. Uh, you're, you're in Indy at the Combine, correct? Yes, I'm out here in, Indi in, Indian in Indianapolis, Indiana for the NFL Combine. This Very is my jealous. First time, this is my first time being at the Combine since I worked out back in 2005. Oh, I'm going to have to hit you with some hot spots. I love Indy. I think it's a tremendous town. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of fun around there. What's the buzz, though? What are what are people talking about? What are the big storylines? What do people want to see this week? Well, obviously, you know, everybody's going to be looking at the top guys. Marvin Harrison measured 6'3", I believe 210, things like that. Obviously, people want to know what's going to happen with the Chicago Bears. Are they going to trade the pick? Are they going to draft Caleb Williamson? Uh, Caleb Williams, and then, obviously, the commanders with Drake May. It still seems like they're 
the little trepidation within their within their organization on what they're going to do with that number two pick. And it's pretty much the same as always. The quarterbacks are going to be stealing the bulk of the headlines. Obviously, the, the tackles, the edge rushers, those are going to be at a high premium. The corners, it seems like they've kind of taken a step back as far as production this year on the field. But we'll go ahead and see exactly what they're going to put forward tomorrow when they work out on Friday. Do you, do you think the Raiders are in the market for a corner? I know I saw uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry uh, really talking up his meeting with the Raiders. He enjoyed them. Is that a position you think the Raiders are going to invest highly in? Unless you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you should always be in the market for a corner. You can never have too many just because there's always going to be one leaving via free agency, like what you might see with the Kansas City Chiefs with Majerius Knee, or somebody may get injured. So you can never have too many good corners. It's it's way too wide open, like the wild, wild west in today's brand of NFL with this spread, with the widespread open passing attack. You got three, four, and five receivers that are all being able to catch the ball and have high production so I believe you should always be looking for a corner you don't necessarily have to be looking for a franchise guy to take in the first round but you always somewhere in the middle round third fourth fifth round you want to always be looking to take a defensive back off the board Stanford good spot man we know you're busy so we appreciate a couple minutes enjoy the rest of the time in Indianapolis man you guys be good I'll talk to you next week I don't know why I laughed. I couldn't even get through that sentence. Enjoy the rest of the time you're in Indianapolis. It's a great town, man. Uh, this is a great town. Big event coming up this weekend at Allegiant Stadium. AllegiantStadium.com is where you get tickets for NRL rugby. Real rugby games are on the ground here. we got a four-pack right now. DeMond's got it. Caller 736-411-100. Saturday event. Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Reno. Let's hit a little baseball now at the halfway point of the show. We're going to check in with our professional sports gambler friend, Brad Powers, on some more college football news and odds that have been posted, especially down here at Circus Sports. Uh, Heisman is up, so I'm interested to see his take on that. I know he bets pretty early. Damon, we're starting to see the Dodgers rolling out their new stars. So we saw Shohei yesterday jack a bomb to the opposite field. And then their other Japanese import, and Shohei's not going to pitch this year because he's coming off of Tommy John. But Yamamoto is going to pitch, and he made his debut yesterday. We can get to that in a second. Are you mad at the Dodgers? A little bit, Steve. Actually, yes. You are? Okay. (laughs) I don't think I like you for that comment. Why? I know that there's no salary cap in the sport. And the way the contract's set up, there's nothing illegal about it. Just doesn't feel right, Steve. Because we look and we say, oh, $700 But then you see how many of the hundreds of millions are basically deferred until after 10 years. So they're basically, they're getting him in his prime for essentially nothing. Yep. But who, I mean... Should we pat on the back for creativity and get mad at everyone? I, like I, in these cases, I get mad at other teams for not stepping up and being creative, and blocking organizations like the Dodgers. So what you give out the bad contract, Steve? There are maybe. Do you really think it's a bad contract? Not really, but okay. Why say it then? I'm just saying every team in the league 
I'm not even saying like, oh, do you have the the money on you right now? Like, is it in your pockets? He probably doesn't. You know, he, his options. He's not just going anywhere. Right, but there if were Tampa there, said, hey, there, we we'll match we'll match at eight hundred million. Hey, sorry, I'm probably still going to be in LA. There were ten other organizations who could offer the same deal, especially since the money was deferred. At least you can plan on the payments when they're coming up. You know, ten years from now when they're thirty mil a pop. That'll actually be a bargain. Now he he probably won't be playing for you at that point, but I just I think the creativity by the Dodgers is incredible, and I think it's another fail by a lot of baseball. And instead of stepping up and being creative and investing in their product and trying to win and try to make even more money, they're satisfied with you know what I'm going to benefit just simply because over the next twenty years, whatever I bought this organization for, or I might not have bought it. My dad may have given it to me. We're fine, man. We don't have to deliver a winning product. We can just whine about it, be in the middle of baseball, not try to compete with the biggest teams out there or the teams that try the hardest, and our fans are going to say nothing. Yeah, and that's, that's the, at the end of the day, that's what matters to the owners is that they're still going to make their money, and they don't have to answer to their fan bases as much as we want them to. I mean, look at what I'm amazed by what Boston is doing. In, in that city, to not be good again this year and to be super cheap, like, what are they doing? But the the price of the organization, the value of the organization has exploded. So I guess in some ways, what do they care? Is Shohei going to – how many home runs do you think he hits this year? I'll give him 30. What? You don't want to do that. And you certainly don't want to bet me on that. 30? Too low, too high, what? Way too low. Well, I'm saying he gets to at least 30. <laughs> Will he win the – MLB home run title. Now nah, there'll probably be somebody out there this year that can that can. Win. I think he's, he's going to take a bit of a step back. I know that the injury is not affecting his hitting. Yeah, but I, just a little bit. I mean, he can't be great every year. Here at Circa, he's plus seven fifty. Looking through some of the other elite players, Jordan Alvarez certainly can hit forty five to fifty if he stays healthy. He's fourteen to one. Vlad Guerrero Jr., who I don't know if he's long-term a true home run hitter or more of a line drive guy. Uh, he is sitting at 16-1. to I'll give you some more of the numbers when, when Brad is up with us here in just a couple minutes on Cofield and company. Stick around. We do have uh, SEC numbers out. Of course, the news that the college football playoff already wants to bump in like the immediate future from 12 to 14 teams and what that does for betters. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Reno. Each day, Eye on Sports Betting brought to you by Circle Las Vegas. Thursday spot, we always talk to Brad Powers, Brad Powers 7 up on Twitter and BradPowersSports.com. Brad, how are you, my friend? Excellent. Thanks for having me, as always. So, last week we uh, addressed some of the whispers out there, and it looks like they're getting louder than whispers. Uh, I'm guessing this is almost guaranteed sometime in the near future. We are going to go to 14 here, aren't we? And we're going to have three auto bids. We're talking about 14 for the college football playoff and three auto bids for the SEC and the Big Ten. I saw you give it a thumbs down a couple days ago. <laughs> why Why <laughs> thumbs down? Uh, well, I, I, I'm all about getting the best teams in. I mean, I, I like the 5 plus 7 model better uh, i mean award your conference champs uh your four power uh the conference champions and then 
you know, throw a bone to the little guys and then have seven at large. I, I it's not necessarily that you know I I have a problem with three SEC, three uh, Big Ten. It's actually I'm not sure that there's going to be multiple uh, worthy opponents in the Big Twelve and the ACC. I mean, guaranteed two for each of those conferences. I mean, I'm not sure that's going to be the, the best for college football each and every year. Right. I, I don't know. And then, I mean, today's the more stipulations. The SEC and the Big Ten champs are trying to get a double bye. I mean, it's just. Oh, come on. We're going to yeah, give them an advantage no. by automatically putting teams in. In, in, in any given year, there could, there could be a year where there isn't a third team from one of those conferences that is better than a bunch of teams in the Big 12 or the uh, a double bye. Yeah, I it's thumbs down. That's all I can say. I mean, I yep. I can make a lot of comments about this, but uh, let's just put it this way: the old Eminem lyric, uh, "The FCC won't let me be." <laughs> um, some offshore stuff that came out over the last five days or so. I want to throw it your way. Uh, well, first of all, can we get an update? Because uh, we do this throughout the off season as you compile bets. How many bets in terms of numbers do you already have for 2024? Is it almost none, or are you, like, in the dozens already? 40 already. All right. Win we but, uh, All right. Yep. Yeah, I would say about 30 <laughs> win totals. Uh, only one future and about uh, almost 10 game of the years. SEC Conference uh, Championship 2024. Uh, it's Vandy's at the bottom, 250 to 1. Oklahoma is way <laughs> down there in about ninth place at 50. Uh, Georgia's the favorite, two to one. Texas is plus two fifty. And that next group of schools—is there a school that you think the odds makers are sleeping on with Ole Miss, Bama, Tennessee, LSU, Mizzou, Texas A&M? Uh, good, good question. I mean, I would maybe LSU at this point. I, I, number one, I think the order's pretty much uh, as we know prior to spring. Uh, it's pretty solid. It'd be kind of the order that I'd give it, but. LSU is kind of a team that uh, I think a little bit of people are sleeping on because they lose Jane Daniels, the, the Heisman Trophy winner. I, I'm not sure that the coverage is fair there. I made a few bets on LSU in the game of the year market. Speaking of bets that I made, I bet them week one against uh, USC, bet them against Alabama. Uh, they're only going to be maybe an underdog in one game, so that would be the team that I think the odds makers, at least at this point, are sleeping on. Brad, have you already got a good look at the Heisman Trophy odds that have been put out? Yeah, today Circa obviously did a tremendous job and put out like 100 guys. So, uh, and usually in almost all cases, had the best odds available. I mean, there's five or six books that have already released Heisman odds, but Circa had the longest odds, meaning the most favorable for player friendly odds. Uh, so, uh, kudos for them. I've went through them. I haven't made any bets yet, but I'm anticipating uh, in the next this weekend I'll have a few Heisman bets. I'll put it that way. All right, well, let me pick your brain a little bit because I, a guy that I'm thinking of, just looking at the numbers, Cam Ward at Miami, at plus 1,500. I think he's going to be able to make some noise in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, a lot of it, high expectations. Winfield for Miami is like nine and a half. I'm not sure. I mean, that's telling you that they're going to be in the mix because, I mean, what you want to do, basic formula for betting the Heisman, is don't be afraid to take some long shots. Uh, obviously, shop, as always. Uh, bet quarterbacks as the quarterback award but also quarterbacks on teams that can contend. And at least uh, a couple books out there think Miami can contend with their win total nine and a half. I'm not as bullish on Miami, so therefore I don't expect to have a Cam Ward ticket unless you're going to give me a very enticing number. Before you bet that 15-1, to 1, nothing against Circa. That's my favorite book in Vegas. Shop. I think you can find as high as 25-1. to 1. 
Heisman odds are out here at Circle Las Vegas as we're doing the show live at Stadium Swim. They've got, uh, well, like you said, they've got 100 players listed. Uh, the top 12 are enlarged in font for old guys like myself. Um, stop me when you hear someone and you're like, nah. Um, favorites on down. Carson Beck, Quinn Ewers, Garrett Nussmeyer, Jackson Dart, uh, the Nico kid at Tennessee, and we just mentioned Ward. Uh, beyond that, Milrow, Will Howard, Avery Johnson, Connor Wigman, Dylan Gabriel, Riley Leonard. Any of those names, you're like, they probably don't have a shot. Uh, a little hot take here. Okay. I'm not sure Jalen Milrow is slam dunk to be the starting quarterback for Alabama. <laughs> okay. That, there's All a right. hot take. What's so, the race there? Uh, uh, I like the kid that they brought in, the Mac kid from uh, Washington. Hasn't even played it down yet, but the, there's a reason why they passed. They had a five-star kid signed at Alabama. Uh, top, you know, some people thought the top incoming quarterback in the country coming in, and they kind of said, "Nah," they, you know, didn't really reach out to the kid too much. He ended up transferring to Ohio State. That's how much they believe in this Mac kid. Uh, get, got great size and probably a better passer and maybe even a better fit for, for the offense that Kalen DeBoer wants to run there. So uh, it's a hot take. It's a little bit of a long shot, but. Don't be a bit surprised that uh, Jim Noro is not even the starter when it's all said and done. I'll, uh, I'll go back to the SEC title odds and reference Ole Miss. A lot of people are very hot on Ole Miss. Jackson Dart in that Heisman conversation. Did you see the note the other day that a very creative NIL deal for him? He's got a certain number of private jet rides in a package? <laughs> yeah. Again, creative. I mean, kudos. I'm never going to. I, I am a guy that, you know, old man yelling at clouds, but it's not going to be players getting paid. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. So kudos. That's kind of a cool, unique, a little uh, enticing thing. Because keep in mind, I think people don't realize, I mean, he was kind of meandering a little bit whether or not he was going to come back this season. So I, I'm sure that was a little enticement to, to come back for an old Miss team that high expectations. I mean, I – I'm a little leery because the expectations are so high for Ole Miss. I think deservedly so. They won 10 games last year. Uh, their only losses were on the, you know, on the road against Georgia and Alabama, so a really productive season. I like what they did in the portal. I like what they got coming back, including Dart. I got them number six in my power ranks, and I think that's pretty legit and pretty conservative. So uh, the only thing that worries me is uh, Lane Kiffin traditionally and historically uh, doesn't handle high expectations pretty well. So uh, that's the only knock on the Rebs. I mean, this is – at least coming into a season, if you want a historical outlier, this is uh, as high as the preseason expectations have ever been in the history of the program for the Ole Miss. Brad Powers with us at Brad Power 7 up on Twitter. Uh, how many spring games have uh, you gotten eyes on? Uh, I mean, Hawaii's the only one done yet, uh, so there's one. I mean, I, I unfortunately you know, didn't have enough money to fly out there for it, and it <laughs> rained and it looked cold, so I'm glad I didn't waste the money. Yeah. Uh, we have a spring game trip planned where I'm going to see multiple spring games uh, in person. Obviously, UNLV will be one that's early on the 6th there. Uh, when it's all said and done, I probably, I'll watch 60 of them or so. Doing the homework. Yeah, unfortunately, when Hawaii is the first one, and Hawaii has very limited TV coverage off of the island, uh, you literally have to get tapes of the game. And I know the, the Vegas kid from Bishop Gorman actually uh, had some good comments and had uh, a good run of the game. A little small, so we'll see if he's able to steal some time away from their returning quarterback. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, the college football playoff, uh, yes, no to make. Well, it's really yes to make the college football playoff. Some numbers are out. Is this a market you're interested in? Because I'll tell you right off the bat, seven teams are at least 
uh, minus 200 or higher. Um, I I like no bets in those cases, but is this a market you want to get in on? Absolutely. I think it is the new market this year to get in on, uh, especially if books get real, you know, aggressive and start putting it out for group of five uh, schools. You know, the ones that, uh, yeah, obviously it's only one bid, but I mean, you think you can get a, 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 you know, probably a good idea of the four or five teams that have the best chance there. So uh, I, you are learning. I think the book you are referencing uh, is not allowing no bets at this time. Right, right. right. Uh, the, the prices that they had up for yes, yes were a little steep. I would like to be on the no on a bunch of those. And yep. I think they, you want to make positive EV bets. Right now, those would have been some of the most positive EV bets you can make in any market right now because that's how poorly priced the yes was were. Uh, so the, the big ones were minus 1,000 on Ohio State and Georgia. I don't know if I'd play no against them. But then from there on down, Oregon, yes, minus 500. Texas, minus 500. Uh, minus 250 for Clemson. Minus 250 for Florida State. K-State, minus 200. <laughs> Michigan, <laughs> minus 110. Those last three, four you mentioned are all monster no bets at yep. those prices. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're basically saying that those teams are all going to be minus big-time favorites to win their conferences. I mean, come on. I mean, if, uh, I don't get it. Kansas State, if they don't win the Big 12, I mean, this isn't the – the Big 12 is not automatically getting two teams in this year. I mean, Kansas right, lose right. three games doesn't win the Big 12 championship. They're not going to the playoff, folks. That's uh, a UNLV opponent because the schedule came out today for UNLV and, and all the schools in the Mountain West Conference. Kansas is plus 250 to get in. I think they're the 17th choice. Um, that was an interesting one. Arizona with a coaching change. I like Brent Brennan, but they were 2-1 to one to make the college football playoff. So, yeah, these numbers, uh, they were a little off kilter and – if numbers come out like this, you you, you said you're going to pound some of these. If I can bet the nose, uh, the yep. problem is books like that <laughs> don't have the. They're not circus sports where they allow you to bet yes, no. Uh, that's yep. unfortunate. But I got to think, you know, just doing simple math, the theoretical hold meaning. I mean, for you basic guys out there, meaning that you know the profit, the expected profits for the sports book has to be in that market 40 percent, and that's being conservative. Uh, last one. I want to get your take on some of the college quarterbacks or a college quarterback who's going into the NFL. Um, all of a sudden, Spencer Rattler is starting to move up the list. Are you a guy who believes Spencer Rattler will be a solid quarterback in the National Football League or even better? No, he's a backup. Uh, I don't know. I've never been a big fan of the kid. I mean, he did have a pretty good season this uh, past year uh, with not much of a running game and not much of an offensive line. But uh, career backup, I, I, I don't – I, I can't see him getting in the first round. If he does, that's a hell of a reach. Yeah. Uh, what about some of the older guys like Bo Nix or Penix? Um, I, I, I kind of like Bo Nix a little bit more than Penix, um, yeah, just because the versatility. I mean, that's uh, just where the game's moving. I mean, Bo Nix is kind of a poor man. I mean, he was just at that school that the, uh, Justin Herbert was at, Oregon. Uh, kind of a poor man's uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, neither one, I think, are slam dunk. Going to be quality seven, eight-year starters in the league. I mean, there's really very few that, that I would have confidence in. Honestly, uh, to me, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy. Uh, I know a lot of Ooh. people love Caleb Williams. If you want another hot take, uh, I think he's uh, he's not the safest choice when it comes to who's going to make it at the next level. Wow. Um, yeah, have you seen the uh, quarterbacks drafted in the first round number up anywhere? As far as the, the total? Over, under, uh, yeah. Is it four and a half, five, yeah, five and a half? I think four and a half. What was it, four and a half? 
I don't have the number in front of me, but generally it's four and a half, five, five and a half. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Four and a half yeah. sounds. I, you know, I this year I would if it's four and a half, I, I would I would definitely bet the over. Okay, yeah, I think it's gone under six or seven years. So, and we know that as a Uh-oh. TV show, this this number is is so hyped up because all they talk about are quarterbacks in the in the lead up to the draft. I think this will be the year that breaks the trend. I mean, if it's four and a half, I'm going to go over four and a half. I think five get drafted. For sure. There you go. All right, Brad, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. There he is, Brad Powers, bradpowersports.com, up on Twitter at bradpowers7. Next up, we're going to go to uh, Indianapolis, where Q Myers has been stationed doing his show on Raider Nation Radio all week long.